0: about it. This is Hamilton Today with Scott Thompson on 900 CHML.
1: Hey, it's Hamilton Today. I'm the show's producer, Will Erskine. The man of the hour, Ted Michaels, is in the building with Diana Weeks in the newsroom and me right here on the board. This is the last day of class for Teddy then school's out. Now, here's scott thompson Let the you applause go. for good job will man
0: that's a beautiful song for today good afternoon it is 309 it is hamilton today i'm scott thompson will Erskine on the board uh, ted michaels the man of the hour is uh hanging around all day he's just been walking around with cake and uh, in and out of room, saying hi to people, fully masked up, of course, and and six feet apart, two meters apart. Uh, Diane in the newsroom, did I say that? Uh, I, unfortunately, if I sound a little off, I'm, I'm a little ill today. But, man, we could not miss this show uh, because it is Ted Michaels' last uh, show on CHML with us. And uh, as of today, he's into semi-retirement. And we'll still be around doing the uh, health and wellness show and such. But uh, but anyway, uh, so we're going to do a few interviews that are uh, specifically around the Ted man are you with us Ted are you still there what are you doing are you, yes I am is he, I'm here he, I think he's gone back into the cafeteria for more pizza.
1: No, there's, um, you know, there's actually no pizza left, but there's granddad's cake. donuts. Oh. Is there any? Grand- oh, oh, oh. Thank no, you, you, Will. Will took th- care of me. He took yeah, care of me. My they're favorites. in your pockets. Uh, yeah. It's a little if messy. you pat
0: Ted down right now, he has, uh, he's got donuts in his pockets. Well,
1: you sound awful, by the way. I just thought I. I know. Thank out, you him. so much for <laughs> saying that. Thank you so much for saying that. Say that. But thank you for joining. I'm, I'm
0: all. I'm already sweating just trying to get up to this performance level for you. Anyway, Ted, I so apologize. I said I could not be there today, but I don't think it was right for me to wander into the station, considering no. the uh, world that we live in, uh, spewing all over everybody. And I understand your family was there today, yes. and, um. and uh, grandchild
1: and such. It, uh, yeah, I I was <laughs> for one of the rare times in my life I was speechless. I mean, I walked in and, and this, you know the, the the members of the staff that could be there that uh, were you know socially distanced and all that. But when I saw my family, my grand. Yeah. Um, Look at me get choked up already. I know, it's okay. Um, when I saw them I just, I just totally lost it. It just it was such a surprise and uh, such a uh, a tribute today. They uh, gave me uh Whoops, I don't know what that was. They uh, they she was <laughs> my pacemaker. Uh, they uh, gave me um uh, a nice parting gift, but what it was, I I don't know. I didn't know what I expected, like a card or whatever. But uh, they announced today that I am uh, one of the newest, uh, the new inductee to the CHML Hall of Fame, which is downstairs. in the <laughs> Oh man,
0: that's amazing! I don't deserve it. Oh, oh, get away, get away! You do so. I got shivers up my spine when you said that, and for me, that's that's good because I got feeling in my lower extremities. You know, it's uh, it, it's such a big day for you, Ted. What are you What are you thinking about? Is this is uh, you know kind of? Yeah. What, what was it like when you got up this morning?
1: You know what? I uh, I didn't sleep well last night. I got up this morning. I thought, okay, just let me get through it, because I I knew I had a feeling something was up today here, uh, mm-hmm. but I didn't know that they were going to do what they did. And I kind of walked in the building. Okay, take a breath, and whatever happens, happens. <laughs> uh, and then surprise. And then so I, you know, uh, the waterworks have been here all day, um, and. Again, truthfully, it's I now understand when a uh, an athlete says when they retire, you know, yeah. the, the game, whatever. It's the people, and yeah. and and the people that I saw today, um, because we've all, of course, been working here. Uh, a lot of people have been working remotely, but there's a few of us that have been working here uh, because we can't do our jobs remotely, um, and we have become so tight tighter than we normally have, and it's such a team effort. And I was just over overwhelmed today by all the uh i was
0: thinking that earlier today because you know i'm not part of that bubble that gets to go in uh but there is a small group of people there i think i was there once over the course of this thing to get a piece of equipment or something but anyway i i noticed that and i could tell that you guys that were there and there's, uh, there's got to be only about a half a dozen if that that are still manning the newsroom and such and people like will the producers yep. uh so it, it must be pretty it, it must be quite a bond with just the few of you floating around that place
1: yeah it is um you know and and it's pretty much like look the newsroom uh people who work in this industry know what it's like it could be obviously it's very the nerve stressful Senate. it can yeah. be very you know we get mad at each other we curse we scream but we always hug it out at the end and nobody takes it seriously or or personally rather but again uh it given this situation in a pandemic where there's just a, a handful of us put it this way if somebody pulled ego or somebody didn't get along here it would upset the apple cart big time yeah, so yeah. nobody did that yeah. so it, it, you know the 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 team uh, feeling here I, I mean it's I'm you it's know, a special place yeah I'm I, I'm not uh, you know blowing smoke up people's backsides it really is the case
0: so uh, we know you're not fully retiring, no. so because we're starting the show and the people hearing this, then they're hearing it for the first time. They're going to freak out. Yep. So tell everybody what the future well, what, plans are.
1: What I'm going to do? Uh, I finish today at 5:35. By the way, uh, quick note: uh, my Facebook page. We'll be we will be doing my final newscast live on my Facebook page at 5:30 today. <laughs> a lot of facts. A lot of people are, are doing it just because they want to see if. Oh, you if are I'm break so down. lucky.
0: You are so lucky. I am not in that building today. You yeah. are so <laughs> lucky. I'd be
1: I'd be behind you. Making faces and so and, yeah, uh, so and, so so that's the plan. Uh, Five thirty on my Facebook page. Five thirty-five, um, get out of here, and then for about three weeks from now till. Probably January 3rd or 4th, uh, basically laying as low as I can, just, you know, shutting myself off from everything, decompressing, spending a lot of time with the family. And then we're we're, uh, looking in um, a couple of things. Uh, The health and wellness show will be, it's kind of on a hiatus now till we kind Mm -hmm. of revamp it. So that's coming up. Um, Also back doing Mac football next year and still working on a special event for mental health that I hope to get uh, finalized and announced in the early part of next year. So not going to be here on a daily basis, but I'm not going to be far, put it that way.
0: That's pretty nice when you think about it. That's just the right amount of Ted. I'm just kidding. Uh, And if you want to pass along your well wishes to Ted, send us a note. Scott Thompson at 900CHML.com. You can call Will as well, 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell. We'll pepper them throughout the show. The show is about Ted. It's all Ted all the time, including a couple of his uh, cool guests that uh, have been a big part of his broadcast career and his life while here at chml all right it is the time of the show where where we focus on a small business in the area and uh this one boy has its own reputation granddad's donuts family-owned shop has been providing old-fashioned donut and fritter options uh with a welcome cup of java since uh, 2007 introducing you to samantha whips manager of granddad's donuts 574 james street north in hamilton and with us now samantha thanks for the time hope you're well hi So, uh, Samantha, uh, what is the secret behind Granddad's Donuts? Obviously, uh, Teddy's favorite. We had some in the house just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, These aren't your Granddad's Donuts, to be honest, or maybe they are. Uh, These are not the average donut. Can you explain?
2: Uh, Well, what makes us so great is we all make our donuts all by hand in the kitchen the way that uh, they used to do kind of in the 70s and the 80s, sort of the old Tim Hortons style. So they're all... Mm -hmm. Cut by hand, proofed and deep fried, which is the most important part. Uh, and they're just the old classics, really. So they they are kind of, I guess, the your granddad's donuts. Uh, my granddad used to bake, and my uh, my dad, who's now a granddad, used to bake, and my mom. So so yeah. How did you How did
0: you decide to get into this and, and take it into a business?
2: Um, back back in two, the early two thousands, my parents um. They met baking at Tim Hortons, uh, but they had gone on to do some telecom-type sort of things. But they had uh, sold their business and did a bit of retiring, and were thinking, oh, man, like I would kill for an old donut like we used to make. And down by the, uh, the donut shop there, uh, a location popped up, and my parents had been down at the marina. So they just figured, why not go for it? We miss those donuts. Everybody else seems to miss those donuts, and it's been a, a hit ever since.
0: So they, he, they actually retired and then decided to get back into it. Yeah. And was it the need to do something else or just the craving to get those donuts back?
2: From what I remember, I was, I was only like 11 or so at the time. Uh, it was just the craving of the donut. They just missed yeah. the good donut. And they figured, we know how to do it. Let's just do it.
0: Are you surprised at the response? That how oh. these places have just taken off lately? Oh
2: my god! The last few years, especially, has been insane. I never would have thought there. Like we've won awards for being like the the food of Hamilton. We've won uh, like the Spectators People's Choice Awards. We really are um, like a staple, and it's really nice to feel.
0: Do the parents say, "See, I knew it would work"?
2: Um. Yeah, sometimes. It, my dad says. My mom was a little more skeptical. Of, my dad knew from the get-go it would be a, a good shot.
0: So how has it been with you getting through a global pandemic? How has that altered the business? Man, with comfort food and stuff, I can see this stuff um, flying out the door.
2: Thankfully, we were considered essential, which was nice, because um, we are just a donut shop, right? Um, but because we were able to stay open, even serving one or two people at a time, we were able to stay Stay relatively busy. We did curbside. We did everything we possibly could um, just to try to keep open because it's like a small little luxury that we could have when you couldn't do anything else.
0: What what does it start like? What is a day like at the donut shop? When does it start?
2: It starts at about 9 o'clock the night before. Hmm. Um, That's when our baker comes in. He starts prepping for the evening shift. And then by about 1 in the morning is when we start deep-frying donuts. And so it's a pretty early process.
0: And I, I'm just looking at the featured donut, the cherry loop. Oh, my goodness. That, that's just unbelievable right there. Uh, give, give, uh, give us an idea of some of the big movers at, uh,
2: so at uh, Granddad's. So the most popular one uh, by far, especially right now, is a Walnut Crunch. Oh. Uh, we, could, we could probably sell only Walnut Crunch and still do all right. But um, after that, it would be our apple fritter, the Orange Twist. Uh, the Ghostbuster, which is a uh, donut dipped in chocolate and filled with whipped cream. That's one of our most populars as well.
0: And website if you want to find out more, grandads.ca, Grandads.ca. They're located at five seventy four James Street North. Samantha Whips with us, manager of Grandads Donuts. You gotta check these out if you haven't, uh, check out the website, Grandads.ca. Samantha, thanks so much for the time. Be well. We're all hungry now.
2: Awesome. Thank you so much.
0: Take care. It is three twenty seven. Sorry?
2: Congratulations to Ted on his retirement.
0: Thanks so much. We'll pass that along to him. And by the way, he's enjoying a box of those that have been stowed away somewhere where only he can find them in the newsroom <laughs> right now. I can Good guarantee service. you that. If it's happening. We're talking about it. This is Hamilton Today with Scott Thompson on 900CHML. Uh, good afternoon. It is Hamilton Today. I'm Scott Thompson. It's 349. Will Erskine on the board. Ted Michaels and Diana Weeks in the newsroom. Feel free to jump into the fun. Send us a note. Scott Thompson at 900CHML.com. If you want to send us a well wish for Ted, even, uh, want to record something with Will, 905-645-3221. Start 9900 on your cell. We'll love you. Uh, we'll let you give your well wishes, uh, to the big old guy. Also, uh, coming up, 4 o'clock this afternoon, uh, the Premier's news conference, which was originally scheduled for 3.30, has now been bumped back to 4 o'clock. We're going to take that live. Obviously, been a while since we've done anything like this, but considering where we are uh, with the new variant and such, uh, obviously, uh, something that we have to do. That being said, as much of the rest as we can make it, it's going to be about the Ted man, and today, uh, celebrating Ted Michael's final show here with us, but he's not retiring. It's sort of a semi-retirement. He will continue Continue with his health and wellness show, also with McMaster Football, which is great to see. Let's introduce you to Miles Gorell, Canadian Football Hall of Famer, former Hamilton Tie Cat, and Ted Michaels color analyst for McMaster Football. And with us now, Miles, thank you for the time. I hope you're well. Hey, hey listen,
3: it's all great. You know, the Grey Cup went almost perfectly. And, you know, as long as we still get to listen to the dulcet tones of Ted Michaels on the radio speaking about health and wellness and the McMaster Marauders will all be fine.
0: There you go. Well said, Miles, well said. Since you brought it up, your take on the Grey Cup and and what you saw and your thoughts after we've all digested it.
3: A uh, couple of question marks you know, with regards to you know certain situations, but I'm not the head coach. They don't pay me to be that, so I was a fan, and I really enjoyed it going into overtime. What else could you ask for in the great land of the CFL? great show by mr young and his uh minions at uh with the hamilton Tiger cats i just think it was awesome you know the the people of canada saw what the cfl is all about watching a game like that beautiful weather provided by uh the great uh spirit you know on the sky hey. we got uh, we got great weather uh and uh, we were treated to a very good football game and uh, unfortunately for hamiltonians we came out on the bottom end, and uh, it's uh, but still, it was good football. And hey, I know there's a lot of CFL fans out there that had a good time watching it
0: and we get to do it all again in 2023 with another Grey cup so what the heck it's going to be a nice couple of years all right let's talk about working side by side with ted and and mcmaster football and what that experience has been like for you because we've all worked with ted for many many years uh and the little indio secrecies and and his mannerisms and such what are your thoughts about working with ted side by side doing football
3: Uh, i absolutely enjoy it i don't want to work with anybody else he's he's a Uh, A giant of a man. He loves McMaster Mm Marauder. He's a hometown hero. You know, he loves his Hamiltonian, everything to do with it. You know, he gets upset with anything that anybody says bad about it. And the only thing I can say bad about Ted Michaels is he cheers for another City and I don't know why he cheers for Chicago all the time. <laughs> I, I just don't understand.
1: Nicely no done, gorrell Nicely done. <laughs> do, you wanna, uh, do you want to? Do you want to address what? that, Ted? Uh, no, uh, the other city, Miles. I never root for the Chicago Bears. I root for the Green Bay no. Packers.
3: Did I say Bears? <laughs> no, no I don't. didn't say
1: Black. I, I just said
3: he cheers <laughs> for another city. Nice. You know the, the the fact that Chicago is mentioned every one of our radio broadcasts. Um, it just makes me laugh because, you know, you're passionate.
1: You're lucky that I've done on those road trips in the van that I don't put on a Chicago CD and say nobody yeah. touches. Because we have an unwritten rule that we sometimes break. Those that drive the van get to pick the music. So well, going Listen, forth...
3: you don't have any cassette. You only have cassettes. Dad. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, you don't have any CD. You got <laughs> cassettes. No, but, you, what, what
0: about 8-tracks? Uh, that I got too.
3: <laughs> he's got 8-tracks. He just doesn't have the player anymore in his <laughs> hand. (laughs)
0: the player jammed with one of the tapes so uh, miles elaborate on that what's it like uh on a road trip with ted it's awesome he likes coffee he likes donuts he could be a policeman but you know
3: it's fun we talk football or we talk uh you know classic rock music and you know chicago's part of that group and chicago wasn't a bad band and uh but you know what it's oh, wait a sec the right there, to... Miles.
0: Wait a sec right there. You said, you know, uh, that Chicago wasn't a bad band. Okay, but that doesn't sound like a growing a glowing recommendation. There must have been some tension in that van.
3: Oh no, that it's it's like it's not my cup of tea. But then, hey, um you know, not everybody can have, you know, that's why, you know, uh, Baskin Robbins <laughs> made 53 flavors.
1: You know, so, and
3: uh, you know, where else would you get, get Jerry Garcia, you know, ice cream? So, I, uh, I I love it. I mean, anybody that's passionate about a certain thing and is able to talk about it and knowledgeable about it, as Ted is, as he's as knowledgeable about the Marauders and about what's happening in Hamilton, yeah. that takes precedent over anything else. I don't have to like them to be a fan of, of what head likes
0: so that being said what are you putting in uh the player when it's your turn to drive
3: oh well you know I, i'm i'm eclectic at the best of times and you know i'm going to put in rolling stones when i want to speed it up a little bit and you know i'll put in a little willie nelson when i'm feeling nostalgic you know i'm uh i'm a multifaceted uh, mu- music lover and uh i got so much musical talent i can turn the radio on <laughs> Other than that, I can't do anything. You know, I couldn't tell you one note from another. And you were the like guy that rock. you
1: you were the guy that kept insisting that "Moves Like Jagger" was a great song. You kept singing it to me when it came out. You know, all those years ago. <laughs> I,
3: I, I could move like Jagger <laughs> if I fell out of the van. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I could roll along. I could roll like a Rolling Stone. Is about the only time I could.
0: Oh man. So what about uh, Miles? What about Ted's uh, meticulous preparation? Like you said, the weirdest thing, like. You know the, the original name of Tiny Tim, the original name of Chubby Checker, the original whatever, whatever, whatever. He seems to have a, a knack for that. Is it the same with McMaster football?
3: Absolutely. He he knows the families. He sits there before the game and waves to all the parents in the stands. Hmm. All you know, there's you know, there's only so many people that come to a game, but they all know who Ted Michaels is and they all wave. Ted's got more friends than anybody else. He is so well-liked by the families of of McMaster that, you know, it is an honest-to-goodness great feeling to be walking around with Ted when the moms and dads of the players all know who Ted Michaels is and they enjoy his broadcast and they like listening to him on CHML radio and they enjoy it and they they actually know him. It's not somebody that they just go and pass and Ted stops to talk to everybody.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Miles Gorell has been with us, Canadian football Hall of Famer and former Hamilton Ty Cat, and Ted Michaels, co-analyst, sorry, color analyst for McMaster football, and that will continue beyond today. Miles, thank you so much for sharing the memories of Ted. Very much appreciated. Be well.
3: Congratulations to Go Ted on a great career. Yep. Keep up the good work. Yep. And see you. See know what we'll see you in the
1: future. See you next Take year, care, Miles. Guys. See you. Love you, brother. <laughs>
0: Uh, we're going to uh, bump back the uh, the roundtable just a bit. You'll hear it in the, uh, coming up shortly. But I uh, wanted to bring Dr. Ahmad Khalid, in, health policy expert, and kind of sum up what has uh, we've just completed the news conference uh, with Premier Doug Ford and of course uh, Dr. Moore and Health Minister uh, Elliot. Basically, what they have said is uh, 18 plus now eligible for a booster as of next Monday, uh, three months after your first. 50 uh, percent capacity limits on large sports. Venues and entertainment venues um, scaling up the uh, the shots per day, and they're saying they can hit somewhere between 200 and 300 thousand. 000- uh, if uh, possible, 127,000 shots yesterday. Uh, there will be more mass vaccination clinics coming back up into the uh, online and workplaces, getting into uh, individual workplaces and such, uh, as well. Pop-up testing, more testing coming as well, including malls, transit hubs, and even the LCBO, your chance to pick that up. Let's bring in Dr. Ahmad Khalid, health policy expert. He's with us now. Doctor, thank you for the time as always. I hope you're doing well.
4: Same to you, Scott. Thanks for having me again.
0: So your thoughts on on where we are and what the uh, news conference revealed today? uh, Where's your head at now?
4: Well, I think that the news conference didn't say anything that we didn't know or anticipate was going to happen. The provincial government was going to put measures in place to really try to uh, control the escalating numbers of COVID, uh, of Omicron variant. We know that the numbers are quite alarming, Scott. And, when we see the projections of what that would look like in the future, they're going to be quite high. So I think what the province is doing right now is, to, is using tools it's used before in the past that we know are effective. That includes vaccination, increasing the third dose uh, eligibility and making sure that we're able to ramp up that uh, number of people who are vaccinated. And two is to reinforce the idea of a public health intervention, safe hand hygiene, social distancing and physical distancing as well.
0: Boy, if we were getting wax at all, this is another blast of reality, isn't it, doctor?
4: It is absolutely. It's a, you know, and, and it's it's you know, unfortunate. I know people are really tired. Everybody's experienced pandemic fatigue. We all keep thinking that this pandemic is over. I, I empathize and I relate to everybody out there hearing us uh, tonight. That you know, you're not alone. I will. I mean, that's the key message here: is that whatever you're feeling, everybody else is feeling, and not just here in Canada, but across the world. Today, there were very disturbing news from the UK that they had seventy six thousand cases in one day. Um, So imagine uh, the difference between another country and us. And so, you know, know, just to say to everybody that, you know, speak to somebody if you need to and, and, and make sure that you are seeking the support to help you get through this turbulent times that we're going through.
0: When we first started talking about this new variant a couple of weeks ago, uh, medical opinion, especially out of South Africa, suggesting it wasn't quite as severe as others. But again, as we've seen, the transmissibility is it seems to be going through the roof on this. What what do you what, what do you have to say on that issue uh, of it being more transmittable, uh, but yet not as dangerous now with what we know?
4: The messages have always been consistent when it comes to Omicron. We've always said that it is highly transmissible, but it's unclear. the the health outcomes that happen because of the virus. So we knew from day one that, you know, when Omicron takes a hold in a community, it's going to spread like fire. And we're seeing it. This is not a surprise to anybody. We've anticipated it. We've been talking about it. None of us really know the impact it has on health of of people who are double vaccinated. Uh, We know that it has very bad effects on people who are unvaccinated, just like the original coronavirus. But on people who are vaccinated, we're still waiting on the data. We're still waiting on the evidence to see the impact it has. You know, it also plays out differently for us, Scott, here in Canada because we're a national healthcare system. We're a public healthcare system that relies very much on, you know, being able to not have a big strain of the system to accommodate for it. So any increase in case numbers that can lead to increasing the number of patients in our hospitals puts a strain on our system and our healthcare workers who are really burnt out at this point.
0: Uh, I was surprised when, I guess not surprised, but relieved when last week they announced that 50 plus could now uh, uh, register for their vaccination. I was li- I got him pretty quick. I'm in next week. So that's, that's great. Now it's down to 18 plus. What are your thoughts? And I guess that's for those uh, that have, it's been three months since their last shot.
4: My thought is we're using every tool, every crayon in the crayon box to get ahead of this, because the data looks like it's suggesting to us that we're going to have, like, very high numbers of cases. Uh, people want to get back to normal life. And so if we have the science and we have the tools, then we need to employ them. I think the big issue that the province was trying to figure out, and perhaps why, this is speculation, why they didn't do this earlier, is because they were trying to figure out how do we ramp up the supply. Like, we have the, the enough vaccines. But how do we make sure that we're able to distribute it again? Because, you know, we reduced the number of vaccination centers after the second dose. We don't have the same capacity we had at the height of the pandemic last summer. Uh, last summer, actually, we were doing almost 200 vaccines, 200,000 vaccines a day. And this is the numbers they indicated today. They, they got that probably that number from what they were able to do last year. So we mm. need to rebuild that. We need to be able to, like, make sure that everybody who's eligible to get the vaccine is able to go get the vaccine in real time and in as short time as possible.
0: Uh, Also, reduction uh, capacity limits to sporting, large sporting venues and entertainment venues of over a thousand or more, uh, 50 percent capacity. Uh, Some are asking, should that be in the restaurant and hospitality business? Should things change there?
4: If you want to base this on the science, the answer will be yes. You know, reducing capacity of people, that means you're reducing the physical distance between one person to another. The evidence is clear on that, but that does help in reducing the number of case counts. However, it's a lot, when it comes to making that kind of decision, a lot more goes into it. There are multiple factors that goes into decision making. One is evidence, Others is experience and tacit knowledge that the decision-makers like Premier Ford and others in the government have to make. And one of those is the effect it has on the economy and the small businesses that rely solely on the money that comes from restaurants. It's not as easy as to say, you know, we not, must reduce capacities in restaurants. There are many factors that plays into it. And I think it's a matter of a decision that decision-makers have to make based on the best available information they have at the time.
0: Uh, your uh, We've also heard uh, news from the federal government saying international travel is not recommended at this point. Your thoughts on anyone who's talking or thinking about traveling over the holidays? Obviously, the holidays are, are fast approaching. Your thoughts on travel?
4: Well, I'll tell you something personal uh, that I've never shared before. I was supposed to travel over the holidays to be with my family uh, in the Middle East, and I've canceled mm-hmm. my trip. Uh,
5: mm-hmm. That
4: rule doesn't apply for everybody. I made that decision because I realized that, You know, they are, the future is unknown. And so I empathize with everybody out there who's paid a lot of money to make travel abroad and is unclear about the regulations. And we're hearing that from Canadians across the country who are saying we spent a lot of money into planning those holidays and we're not sure whether what's going to happen. Are we going to be allowed back in the country? What does that look abroad? Uh, You know, it's going to be individual-based. My advice to everybody out there who's contemplating their options, check that you have your insurance, uh, that you bought this on a credit card that has good insurance, Weigh out your options and make the best decision that suits you and your family at this time.
0: Uh, what about holiday plans in general, Doctor? Uh, obviously, people are gearing up. Uh, we we know what's happened last year and in past holidays. How do you compare last to previous, or sorry, the the current to pre to previous?
4: Well, what I know now is that we've known that, you know, face masks, social distancing and hand hygiene do work and they're effective. And so what I'm trying to say here, Scott, is that I'm not one to say that you shouldn't see your families over the holidays. On the contrary, I recognize from the evidence that there is a huge toll on mental health of people and that family connection is exceptionally important in getting people to feel like they're still alive and they can, you know, have a feeling of normal life. So, my suggestion would be exercise your own level of caution. So instead of having to a Christmas dinner possibly with all the cousins and aunties and uncles, maybe limit it to immediate family at this time just so that you're extra safe. That doesn't, that, makes the, the, you know, that doesn't stop you from being with family. It just makes you feel like you're, you're more in control of the current situation.
0: And I heard uh, one uh, person say, here we go again, and then a doctor corrected them and said, no, let's not here we go again because we're in a much different place than we were this time last year.
4: We are in a different place than last year. We know what works and doesn't work. Last year, you know, on your show, we've talked a lot about the emerging evidence that kept changing. Now the evidence is very conclusive. It's very clear that face masks, social distancing work, and that if you're double vaccinated, you have a much higher protection against the COVID-19. It's not clear about the Omicron variant yet, but for the most part, we know that, you know, the other interventions do work. So, you know, those things protect us and help us, help us to see ways that we can manage or mitigate the effects of the pandemic.
0: Dr. Ahmad Khalid with his health policy expert who had to cancel his own holiday plans uh, over the season. Doctor, as always thanks so much for the time. Be well.
4: Same to you, thanks, take holidays.
3: Nothing matters more than getting these third shots into arms. To that effect, we're urgently expanding eligibility as of monday everyone 18 years of old and older will be eligible to get their booster shot 3 months after their second
0: dose Bumping back the roundtable uh, to a little later on in this hour just due to the news conference that ended uh, just, uh, I guess, around 4.30ish, a little after that. And talking about some uh, new guidelines set out by the Ontario government, including 18-plus will be eligible for a booster as of Monday, those that are uh, three months after their first dose, 50% capacity limits on large sporting venues and entertainment complexes as well, and more testing, more vaccination as we try to ramp this up. Let's bring in Jonathan Duchoff, professor of biology, McMaster University, studying the spread of infectious diseases, including COVID-19, and as part of a report from the science and health leaders informing Ontario's COVID-19 response uh, with uh, new emergent evidence. Jonathan is with us now. Jonathan, thank you for the time. I hope you're well. I am, thank you. When this uh, new variant first emerged, uh, many were hoping that it would not be as severe as uh, what Delta is. But they stressed right from the beginning, the real concern here was the ability for it to spread so quickly. Are you surprised at how quick it is seemed to spread?
6: Uh, Yes, I've been repeatedly surprised by Omicron and, and how effective it is at spreading.
0: Why is that? What's different between this uh, variant and the last?
6: Well, we still don't really know yet. Um, Most people suspect that it's mostly about its ability to reinfect people who are vaccinated or have been infected before. But we're actively um, crunching the evidence on that right now. So we know that Omicron has an advantage over Delta. And we know that part of it is that it's looking at a wider susceptible pool, but we don't know how much of it and how much of it might just be that it's fundamentally more transmissible.
0: When do you think we will know more about that? And some of those questions will be answered. And and obviously, Jonathan, we're finding out more and more every single day. But I remember when this came out, they thought, you know, within 14 days, we'll know a lot more. Uh, Is it going to take a bit more time, obviously?
6: Things are happening very fast. Um, one of the biggest obstacles, unfortunately, is still two years into COVID, uh, the different data coordination problems of different um, healthcare bodies of different provinces in different countries. You know, healthcare data needs to be handled carefully, confidentially. confidentiality concerns are very important, um, the concerns of people who do the hard work of looking at genomes and curating data are important but at some point we need to figure out how to solve these problems and put the vaccination vaccination data and the medical history data and the current infection data together and we could learn things more quickly that's to know a lot more within a couple of weeks
0: Do we need to change our mindset moving forward? A lot of people are a little disappointed that we are where we are. But again, um, we're not back to square one. We've certainly made tremendous progress, including in our vaccinations uh, uh, here in the province and such, and and more and more on the way for boosters. But do we need to change our mindset from eliminating this to, Yeah, he's got to learn to live with it?
6: Well, certainly, yes. I I mean, at some point it might be time to think about whether COVID-19 could eventually be eliminated. Um, now is not that time. It seems pretty likely um, that living with it could be, what's the word, might not be a game changer in the long run. When COVID-19 came in first, everybody on the planet, including old people, are completely susceptible. As it circulates more and more, there's going to be less and less of this complete susceptibility, and it's going to look more and more like something like influenza, which is actually quite a large public health problem, but it's not a game-changing public health problem the way new COVID was, or even may look more like some of the other things that just cause colds. If you get it the first time as a child, and if it's not spreading in the population in this insanely active way that it can do now, um, it might be well become something that we not only live with, but that in the long term isn't even that much of a game changer. That's a hope.
0: Advice for those who may feel frustration right now, fatigue.
6: Uh, join the club. I, I, <laughs> for those people, I might be doing better myself. Um, I guess the answer is is don't jump the gun, right? We are going to keep adjusting to COVID. It's not going to keep dominating society, Um like the way it is now. You're not going to have to keep hearing people like me on the radio. Um, But we don't know what the time frame is, whether it's a year or whether it's five years. Pay attention. Do what you can for your mental health. But don't be in a hurry to just switch from all on to all off. We should be changing gradually.
0: Are we learning more about epidemiology as a society as a result of this? Is this helping? It's helping us um i wouldn't be the
6: expert on whether it's helping society i mean i've we have learned things about how to work together and how to communicate and we certainly have a big agenda of how to prepare better um and be more ready for the next pandemic
0: um jonathan Dushoff with us. got to cut you off there sorry jonathan we're out of time professor of biology mcmaster university studying the spread of infectious diseases including covid19 jonathan thanks uh, thank you so much for the time and insight be well Thank you for the opportunity, and be well yourself. You're listening to the Hamilton Today podcast from 900 CHML. There's a the Christmas lights warming the cockles of your heart. As you hunker down. Uh, Good afternoon. It is 510. It is Hamilton today. I'm Scott Thompson. Will Erskine. (laughs) Thanks. I don't need any more heat, man. Uh, Phil Erskine. Uh, Phil Erskine. (laughs) I've changed your name to Phil, Will. Uh, Will Erskine is on the board, uh, trying a lot to mess me up. Uh, I'm a little under the weather today, so please uh, bear with me. That being said, I would not miss uh, Ted's last broadcast. Uh, and feel free to jump into the conversation or send Ted a note. Uh, Scott Thompson at 900CHML.com. The phone lines are always open, 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell. And when you think of Ted, you can think of, especially for us around the radio station and the newsroom, uh, the Green Bay Packers, the Philadelphia Flyers, Mac football, CFL football, when he hosted the fifth quarter, his health and wellness show, uh, and everything he's contributed to the ongoing uh, uh, issue of mental health. The big Chicago concert, I think that's one of my best memories working with Ted uh, when we did that uh, up at Carmen's. uh, Burlington Food Relief, the honor he received from the province and uh we're trying really hard to get a statue erected of ted but we're not sure if that's going to happen or not all right uh we we didn't get to the round table today because there's too much other stuff going on i I don't know why ted wants to retire because there's just so much stuff going on uh you know there's lots to talk about we could continue this forever but i want to bring in diana weeks and lisa paleski uh two of the younger people who are in the chml uh, newsroom and work shoulder to shoulder with ted uh every day thanks so much uh, diana and lisa for joining us i hope you do Well, yeah, Yeah.
7: thanks. (laughs) So
0: I want, once again, together, girls, (laughs) Uh, I want to talk about your experience uh, because, you know, my goodness, I've known Ted for an awful long time and and been, although I I haven't worked in the newsroom with him, I've I've certainly been in and out of that room many times uh, while he's doing his thing. And I I, I want you to uh, give me your your best memory of Ted and working in the newsroom and what comes to mind uh... when in fact uh... you know ted finally uh... walks out the door later today we'll start with you diana what's what's your best memory of ted michaels
7: Probably when I first met Ted, um, and that was uh, when he interviewed me on his health and wellness show before I was even working here. Mm. Um, yeah, about my own mental health struggles. So I felt like I really had a bond with him on that level when it came to uh, you know reducing the stigma of mental illness and and stuff and all the work that he did. So I felt like we were really on the same page there, and I really you know grew to respect Ted for the things that he's done uh, you know in the mental health field and mental health. Journalism, um, you know, he's he's really a beacon in in that regard. And then I actually met. Ted a second time again, like a little bit late, because I didn't really, you know, hang out with him too much that day. I met him at one of his events that he was doing um down at the First Ontario Concert Hall, which was a benefit concert that had Motown music. We all know that yep, Ted, yep, Ted loves yep. that. So I went and covered it for uh, CHCH News, which I was reporting for at the time. And it was actually, I don't know if anyone knows this, but uh, Ted and I were talking over coffee while we were waiting for, you know, some of the acts to show up and uh Ted had mentioned, you know, there is a job opening that's going to be coming up at CHML. Wow! And I said, uh, "Oh, really? Okay, I'll take a look." And I wasn't looking actively for a job at that time. I just kind of looked it up and thought, you know, maybe I should do this. And and so it was Ted that alerted me to it and said, "Here, you know, you know, maybe just talk to Jeff, talk to Jeff Jeff Story." So I did, and and that's how it went.
8: So, the
0: rest is history, as they say. Yeah. What about you, Lee so What do you think about when you think of Ted? And as a young reporter, what have you learned from working with this guy?
8: Well, I mean, I started off kind of part-time. I was a board op, um, kind of, you know, on the other side of the glass. So for the longest time, I was just really listening to him on the, on the, uh, on the air and being like, wow, uh, maybe I can be in that position someday, and <laughs> hmm. maybe, and he, he he would talk to me, whenever I would actually get to go out and do reporting stories, he would always tell me, like, you know, you do a really good job, and, and you you would fit in well here if you ever get the chance to be hired full-time, and thankfully, I did get that chance, and then I get to work alongside these legends in the broadcasting industry, and I'm just like, wow, hmm. so, I mean... I have fond especially since Ted and I are the Polish people in the newsroom. So we're Yes, the, that's the, right.
0: I never thought of that. Yeah,
8: so I call him my Polish pal. Ah, so.
0: uh, that's great.
8: I know. Yeah, we're going to miss seeing him for sure.
0: So what are you going to miss? Because he's a little bit of a curmudgeon in the newsroom. Let's be honest. It's Ted. What are you going to miss?
8: Oh, uh, I mean, we're going to miss his booming laugh. I think that's one of my favorite things. Is You can always hear him laughing in the hallway and um, his, his, him saying, you'll rue the day, which is yes. one of our favorite catchphrases of his. It looks like he's about to get on mic. He's he's, get, he's getting set up in the studio with Diana here. So,
0: Well, guess what's about to happen. Uh, we're going to do a tee-up here, and um, then Ted Michaels is going to do his last newscast. Go yeah. ahead, Ted.
1: I don't have the script in front of me because I'm in a different studio, so I have no idea what's coming up at 5.15 or uh, <laughs> 5:30 because I don't I, have it in front of me. I
8: actually wrote some up for you. Thank t- you.
1: Go ahead, Lisa. What does Ted have coming up at 5:30? What is,
8: yeah, what's Ted? What going am to I talk working about? on? So this is what Ted's going to say in his last newscast. We're going to learn about moving up booster shots for adult Ontarians, You know, uh, finding a man who destroyed a TV in a fit of rage yep. after the Grey Cup oh, game, man. and a warning for Canadians looking to travel internationally over the holidays. Well, Ted will have all those stories and more coming up. Yes, I will in his final newscast at 5:30. And we can't wait. Yeah. Uh, also, thank you can
1: me. watch
0: it on your Facebook page. Is that right, Ted? Your my, last
1: one, yes. My the Ted Michaels Facebook page. We're having uh, Scott. Right. We uh, uh, Will wants to be the best boy. We've uh, assigned the key grip and the gaffer as well. Uh, so I thank you. So Will's Will's beside himself because that's what that that's what he wants to do. Sure. All right, sounds good. So All listen right. to
0: the last one coming up at five uh, 5.30, and go to Ted Michaels' Facebook page. Uh, you can watch him do the last one. Ted, uh, our hearts are with you. Uh, we'll be listening in just a sec. It is 5.16 uh, news coming up at the bottom of the hour. All right. Uh the federal government released its first fiscal update yesterday. Has it changed things? Does it mean anything? Does it make the last election any more relevant? Let's bring in Jean-Viev Tellier, professor, School of Political Studies, University of Ottawa, and with us now. Hello, Jean-Viev. How are you today?
5: I'm fine. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you for taking the time to join us. Uh, first question, why now? Why, why would they do this yesterday? Um, were, were we expecting it? Did we know it was coming?
5: It was long due, I would say, because normally we table such an update in November mm-hmm. that has become a ritual, and it is just precisely an update, meaning that uh, in the mid of, this, of the year, we would like to know how are the finances of the government, and so uh, are we on the right track or not, and uh, all those kind of information. So that's pretty much standard to have that kind of information release. Now, because Parliament was not uh, back to work in November, it was pushing again uh, a bit in December and so personally I find it somewhat late um, and, and one part of it part of the explanation is because we had an election and so everything was postponed but I would have much preferred to have it uh, a year uh, a month before which is normally what we do uh, every year
0: uh, most thought that there might be more time after this uh, last election in order to get to this is this due to pandemic the pandemic situation or just that the, it seems to be changing so quickly
5: uh yes I, I think it's due partly to the pandemic but at the same time i cannot uh, I, I also think that the government uh, is kind of cautious doesn't really know what to do uh, we have waited a lot before parliament resumed went back to work um and as you said in your introduction uh, we kind of question why we went into an election and so this is all part of the scenario i would say in the sense that uh it, it has been published somewhat late. There's not a lot of stuff or substance into that document either. And uh, as for the pandemic, uh, with all the uncertainty that we have currently, it's not very clear where the government is going. So what we've learned is that broadly speaking, we are on the right track from an economic point of view. Uh, There is also money for the pandemic. That's okay. I'm not sure it will be enough considering what we are seeing today uh, yesterday with the new variant um, but yes there are a lot of uncertainty so that may be one explanation but at the same time I think that the government is trying to read exactly what is the message that was sent with the election an election that probably no one wanted and that we don't really see the, the, the use and so we kind of see it we saw it in the speech of the strong a month ago and now we kind of see it also in the update
0: Many have questioned, uh, prior to the, the, the mini budget or economic update that came out, uh, many questioned new directives from the government, uh, Christia Freeland to, uh, the Bank of Canada and focus, focusing, telling it to focus more on, uh, political issues such as perhaps housing or such and less about inflation fiscal policy. Your thoughts on this?
5: I did notice that also. Um, since it was not the first time she said that, uh, the Trudeau government in 2019 had already told us, uh, send sent us a message. And at the time, uh, the government was saying, uh, is it the role of the Bank of the Canada just to stick to the inflation, um, uh, target? And so they were kind of questioning that and uh, asking, could we do things differently? Personally, I'm not sure it's a, it's a good initiative or it's a wise initiative to broaden that. Um, it has been 30 years 30 years now that the Bank of Canada has managed well inflation. Um, we know what to expect with inflation until maybe this year. And so we know the commitment of the Bank of Canada to, to, to uh, control the inflation rate. So we know it's between 1% and 3%. And it has been quite successful into that. Now, if you enter other consideration into the picture, this means that probably inflation will no longer be your priority, and this brings more uncertainty so um I would like to know more about that uh, I have heard the state hear the statement of the Bank of Canada this week saying we are still committed on our target between around two percent um, but well do we see other things? that's kind of a question mark and if so of what kind what exactly the bank of canada wants to do and considering that the bank of canada cannot do everything so what could be the new priority so I, i'm still in the expectation phase uh, wanting to know wanting to know more about that
0: is this designed to take attention away from rising inflation? Why, why would you do this? Because you're kind of pushing debt on future ge- uh, generations. So why would you do
5: this? Um, yes maybe uh, it's also trying to uh, I think the, go- the the Trudeau government has a new economic vision uh, trying to have a much uh, active role uh, from the state uh, more spending that's for sure since 2015 that's that's obvious this government spends and and believe that by doing so it will stimulate the economy uh, it's not Are totally uh, wrong Uh, we did not see uh, we do see that uh, the economy has increased but at the same time there are other issues and so yes the current issue is inflation and you know frankly what we see currently with inflation there's not a lot of solution that the government could decide now Uh, the the problem with inflation is the problem of supply there's not enough good to provide to to, to consumers, mm. to the market. And because of that, we see prices increasing. Now, can the government do something and produce more goods? The answer is no. So what do you do? You try to help businesses. So you need uh, to provide grants to more money. But... That also may create inflation. So I think that currently government, and not just the Canadian government, but most governments around the planet are scratching their heads, thinking, okay, what do we don't do now? Do we have a problem? What's the best solution? And probably, yes, they're kind of um, trying to have some time before uh, uh, saying what will be the, the, the new course of action.
0: Jean-Vivre Tellier with us, Professor School of Political Studies, University of Ottawa. Jean-Vivre, as always, thanks so much for the time. Be well.
5: You too. Thanks for the invitation.
1: It is 528. Ted Michaels, last newscast on the way.
0: 900 CHML. It's
1: 530. Good afternoon. I'm Ted Michaels. May get some drizzle tonight. Temperature near 10. Right now, it is 9 degrees. Ontario expanding COVID-19 vaccine booster eligibility to all adults, provided it's been three months since they got their second dose. Residents 18 and over will be able to book their vaccine starting Monday and the Premier said the new push will require all hands on deck.
3: We're urgently setting back up mass vaccine sites and hospital clinics. More and more pharmacies are coming online every single day.
1: Now the province has announced starting at midnight it's capping capacity at 50% for indoor venues with capacity greater than 1,000 people. That includes sports facilities, theatres and concert facilities. The federal government is now advising against any non-essential travel outside Canada. Health Minister Jean-Yves Duclos made the announcement this afternoon, citing concerns about Omicron. The rapid spread of the Omicron variant on a global scale makes us feel the worst for Canadians that may think of traveling. Duclos also said arrival testing capacity will be expanded and more details are coming soon. Hamilton Public Health is recommending enhanced health and safety measures for local schools to reduce the spread of COVID-19 and the Omicron variant. The very latest from CHML's Ken Mann. Effective immediately, Medical Officer of Health Dr. Elizabeth Richardson suggests resuming validation of daily screening if possible. Dr. Richardson says that's one of several recommendations. We are
9: recommending cancellation of in-person staff meetings, social gatherings,
1: holiday events, and for all
9: elementary-age students to stay in their respective cohorts at recess. Hamilton's COVID-19
1: case numbers continue to rise as the highly transmittable Omicron variant takes hold. There are 93 new cases in the city, with the seven-day daily average up to 56. Hospitalizations are up slightly to 29, seven of those patients in local ICUs. Schools, meantime, are the setting for most of Hamilton's 28 active outbreaks. Ten Man, 900 CHML News. One of Hamilton's most popular sports bars is asking the public for help in identifying a man who, it says, destroyed a flat-screen television Sunday night after the Tiger Cats' Grey Cup loss to Winnipeg. In a video posted to the End Zone Bar and Grill's social media channels, two men who appear to be dressed in Tiger Cats' gear entered the foyer of the bar. One of them punches the flat screen. The statement implies the pair was not happy with the outcome of the game and they took it out on the poor television. Surveillance video can be found at 900CHML.com. If you need to fill up or top the tank, head to a Pioneer gas station today. Territory manager Michael Stevens tells Good Morning Hamilton the company is donating three cents from every liter of gas you buy today to the CHML Christmas Tree of Hope in support of the Children's Fund.
10: quite simple you just come into the stations you fill up today three cents is donated if you need to get your fuel anyways we're just trying to keep it as simple
1: as possible there's 41 pioneer stations participating in the golden horseshoe from hamilton and burlington to st Catharines over to brantford the goal this year is to raise thirty thousand dollars and a final note i have just completed my last newscast i'm now heading into the world of semi-retirement working in my hometown at a station where local means everything was an incredible honor. To the team here at 875 Main Street West, you people are truly incredible. To those that have reached out recently, your words truly mean a lot. Thank you. I'm Ted Michaels. News next six. Coming up, weather and traffic on Global News Radio 900 CHML. This is an email. I wanted to send Ted off today, and I was able
0: to go to the station and see the crew like you. I wouldn't miss it. The last six years, knowing Ted has been such a positive experience. Uh, he's so full of life, and I can always count on a hallway discussion about him talking about his family. His health and wellness show was an honor to work with him over the years and hearing how many people have been impacted by the show. Lots of love, respect from us all. That's Krista Tatt, the sales manager here at uh, our group of stations Chorus Radio Hamilton including CHML so the uh, the tributes are coming in fast and furious if you want to send yours before he's out of here send us a note Scott Thompson at 900CHML.com I will make sure it is forwarded uh, to him before his uh, email is shut off I'm just kidding alright uh, we've, uh, we've been gracing the show with uh, not only news conferences about pandemics but also uh, those who know Ted and some great stories about Ted and 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 what he has meant to various people, whether it's uh, listeners, whether it's those that are on staff here at the radio station, or those in various businesses and and organizations throughout uh, the great city of Hamilton. So let's bring in Ron Foxcroft, Canadian businessman, Fox 40 World, creator of the Fox 40 Whistle, 40 Ways of the Fox is the new book, CEO of Fluke Transport,
11: and we'll leave it at that. Ron Foxcroft with us now. Ron, thank you for the time. I hope you're well. Oh, I'm well, especially on Ted's final day of him going into semi-retirement. And Scott, you know, uh, I've known Ted since he's been in high school, and of course when he when he took broadcasting at Mohawk College, I know some of his classmates, and they confessed to me, that's how long I've known Ted, that Ted would do very well in radio. Uh, They knew it because he had a face for radio. (laughs) Kind of of like you and me, Scott. There you go, yep. (laughs) Uh, You you know, I I, I want to tribute Ted, but... um, also, since knowing him since Mohawk College, I have a lot of smut on Ted as well. So Let's hear you it. Know, we, can't, we can't have him go out the door without putting a little smut on Ted. But Ted, you know, he's done so much. He loves the Green Bay Packers. He loves the Flyers. He loves Mac football. Now, one little thing about that, and Miles Gurrell will confess to this, on the drive home from a Mac football game, Ted loves coffee, but yeah. he's got the uh, – Short arms and long pockets. He's never, ever bought a coffee for anybody, anywhere. He met Diana Weeks, and and they talked about the opportunities at CHML, and they had a coffee. I know on the airwaves of your show that he never bought that coffee. He's never bought a coffee. But, um, you know, I I do want to tell you a a little prank. Uh, He loves the Green Bay Packers, and there was this one game where I had tickets. My son got to referee the Green Bay Packers and Philadelphia Eagles at Lambeau Field. Ted knew I had tickets. Now, really and truly, what he didn't know, I was going to take Paul Johnson, who's an equally, <laughs> equally big Green Bay Packers. In fact, I was on a Zoom call with Paul last night, and he had the Green Bay Packers helmet in the, uh, over his shoulder, which Ted would love. Anyway, Ted knew I had tickets, called me every day for 30 days. His daughter told me to tell his dad, Ted, her dad, to suck eggs, that I didn't (laughs) have tickets. And Ted knew I had tickets, but for 30 days I said I didn't because his lovely daughter had bought him tickets for that
0: particular
11: game. And they were going to give him the tickets on his birthday, which is November 4th which he just had. He, I think he just yep. his daughter told me he just had his 85th birthday <laughs> on on November 5th, on November 4th. Anyway, this went on for 30 days and he's just he's sweating knowing I got tickets and finally his daughter confessed told him he had, she had the tickets. He went to the game. But you know what Scott Ted is a giant. He's a giant of a Hamilton person he is a Mm -hmm. beacon and a couple of things uh, in Burlington when we had the flood flood relief in 2014 3500 displaced families Ted volunteered to be the director of communication for that project so we raised uh, I think three million dollars to get people back into their homes and it was monumental I'll never forget it his concert for health yeah. and wellness and mental yep. health, Chicago, Scotty, what do you say about that? Also, and nobody's mentioned this: all the work he's done with the Round the Bay to raise, yeah. enormous amounts of money for. Saint well, I had Joe's the
0: team Oscar. at he had the team at CHML for many, many years and, and ran it and runs it all the time.
11: And yes, Scott, and I can tell you that the people at St. Joe's are forever grateful. Ted is a giant, and I'm I'm going to make sure that everybody calls him. I'm going to f- confess, too. Running the fifth quarter, Rick Zamperin, I'll tell you, yeah. after a Tiger-Cat loss is very difficult. Yes. He, he would that. always
0: come in and tell us about how bad it was after a
11: Tiger-Cat loss. Oh, well, what what I didn't tell him, the late Brian Mullen, Chief Brian Mullen and I, would yeah. set up callers to call Ted and rip him in. No! The skin. Yeah! I've never confessed oh. that. Ted, I confess. Chief and I had some people call in just to make you squirm.
0: So I, I had no idea you've known this man since high school.
11: Absolutely. Absolutely. And at Mohawk College. And all of his friends and classmates at Mohawk College. How and did I you know him said, back then? Well, be- because he was at Mohawk College, he was at high school playing sports. And, of course, right. I was referee in basketball in high school,
2: mm-hmm. and
11: everybody, you know, Ted was a, a man about town. Everybody knew Ted because of the laugh and because of some of the things that he would say, and, and, and he would say, you're going to rule that, and, and so <laughs> on. Everyone <laughs> knew Ted in Hamilton. If, if anybody was anybody, they knew Ted. So, yeah, I've, I've known him in particular from Mohawk college days.
0: But like you, uh, and, and you know, and I think we chatted not too long ago, and you said we're all invited to your retirement party. It's thirty years from now. Uh, like you, he's not retiring. He's just semi-retirement. He's going to continue to do uh, McMaster Marauder football and obviously the health and wellness show.
11: Absolutely, and he does an amazing job at Mac football. He loves Mac football. Does a terrific job. We talk after every game. Him and Miles Gorell are are terrific. They're joined at the hip, yeah. and um, what he does with the health and wellness and so on. Once Ted believes in something, he dives in full bore, one hundred percent. And and we are really, really seriously now. We are really going to miss him, and we're so grateful. You know. Everybody knows Ted. He's out there in the community. He loves his community. He loves the people. He loves the people at CHML and your listeners.
0: That is for sure. Uh, what stands out about his character, about the personality that is Ted? What, what's the first thing you think about, especially when you think of
11: broadcasting? A dedication and enthusiasm.
1: dedication
11: and enthusiasm you know he got behind that concert you know he loves chicago and for the longest time he kept talking about chicago and i thought it was he was talking about the city
0: (laughs) that's what miles said yeah
11: yeah and and it was about the band and then he explained that but i would say ted's passion his attention to detail his dedication his booming laugh and uh, his sense of humor and the fact that everybody that comes into contact with Ted comes away loving him.
0: Well said. Ron Foxcroft with us, creator of the Fox 40 Whistle, author of 40 Ways of the Fox, CEO of Fluke Transport. Uh, talking about Ted Michaels, who just finished his last newscast here on CHML but is not fully retired. We'll continue with McMaster Marauder Football and the Health and Wellness Show. Ron, as always, thanks so much for the
11: time. Be well. And congratulations, Ted! I hope everybody calls you at seven o'clock tomorrow morning to wish you a happy semi-retirement. <laughs> Perfect.
0: Ted's last day, and it's really turned into uh, quite a homecoming. And uh, people like sending us notes, and and I'm forwarding them all to Ted and calling in and such, including. Uh, Jen Watson, former uh, CHML news anchor and worked alongside with uh, Ted for many years in the newsroom. Jen, it's so great to hear from you. I hope you're doing well.
9: Hey, Scott. Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks. Yeah, sorry to mean to barge in on your uh, show, no! but I thought, we were, I thought we were calling in, telling Ted stories, and then I hear he's already left the building. He couldn't get out of there <laughs> fast enough.
0: Well, you know, I have a feeling he recorded all the newscasts and really has been drinking heavily all day. But I well, digress. Well, you know, so- I was going
9: to say his last cast was flawless. I was in the car mm-hmm. listening; not one, not one boot, nothing. He was, he was right on. <laughs> right on.
0: So, tell us about your experience. What it was like riding shotgun with Ted?
9: Oh well, Ted. You know, it, we. I always joke that I was like we're. He was my work husband. I was his work wife. I mean, we definitely had tons of fun in the newsroom. I mean, inappropriate banter, as you know, as you can imagine Mm -hmm. but um no we had fun i mean we definitely there were some tense moments as you know things can happen things can get heated but no ted was always uh, like as you're fighting over the
0: temper like as you're fighting over the temperature of the newsroom which everybody i remember you guys used to always get so bad at him because he would always like turn it way down he liked it cool he liked his news cold
9: my hands were freezing i felt like i had to wear gloves (laughs) sitting in that newsroom it was ridiculous so, yeah, we definitely, and then he actually even had his own personal fan. It was like he's sitting right on top <laughs> yes, of it. It was, yes. it was ridiculous. But, oh, I mean, you know, man. he uh, definitely, um, I mean, I've known Ted. What Texas, did you learn from interning. him, Jed? I was interning back before I even started working at ML, and I remember saying to Ted, how are you, like, how do you do a newscast without making any mistakes? I was just yeah. floored by how, you know, he could just, you know, but then I started working with him, and then I'm like, okay, I see. Now, then you get to hear the boots here and there, but, hey, that happens to the best of us, right?
0: <laughs> what did you learn from him, Jen? What did you learn from him in the newsroom? Well,
9: Ted definitely had, has good news sense. Um, and, you know, when he, when he was able to break in with a breaking news story, he was always really good at ad living. That's one thing that Man. I could never do. So if, you know, we're following the story all day, and you know the story, you know the details, but he could go in break in or go off script and give the details and i i could never do that i'm like ron burgundy i have to read what's in front of me <laughs> on the teleprompter so that i was always very much in awe of him being able to do that and very concisely and and very well so
0: Jen, thanks for calling in. Much appreciated. Say hi to Jay. Jay McQueen, obviously, uh, the two of these two have been married forever, have a beautiful family. And we played a clip of uh, Jay and uh, Ted earlier on, so thank him for that.
9: Oh, yeah, no problem. I know I've got some bloopers in there, too, but I, I, I was too slow to, to pull it up. But
0: <laughs> I hear you. <ya. laughs> thanks so much, email. Jen. All be right, well. take care. All right, let's bring in Scott Radley, host of the Scott Radley Show and columnist with your Hamilton Spectator. He's coming up after the news at 6 o'clock. Scott, I hope you're well. Any thoughts about Ted on his last day?
10: You know, all these people calling in and saying such lovely things (laughs) about Ted. Like If Les Nessman and Earl Camembert had a love child, that's Ted Michaels right there.
0: (laughs) Oh, my. So you're getting to the truth behind the man. It's his last Uh, day. We pay tribute.
10: Yes, I sat beside Ted in the Ivor press box for years and years. And, um, you know, he's a lovely man, um, not as lovely as you hear him on the radio. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) But I'll tell you one funny story about Ted. So years ago, um, I I had decided to sort of loosely take up jogging. And everyone knows Ted's a runner or has been for a long time and was very involved in the around the race. And so one day I decided, one time I decided I was going to do just a 5K, the baby around the bay race, because that's, you know, that's as much running as I was interested in. And I got somehow, anyone who's ever seen the start of this thing, like, one person at the front could start two minutes before the people at the back of the start line. So somehow, Ted, because he's, you know, muckety muck Ted Michaels, he He always gets at the at the very front. Yes. I'm way at the back. I'm in Argentina compared to where we are
0: here. Yeah, yeah. no, he so, always starts at the very front of the race.
10: And I'm thinking to myself, the whole race, I cannot let Ted beat me. I cannot let Ted beat me. So the whole <laughs> race, all I'm looking for is where is Ted? So now we're coming up Bay Street towards Cops Coliseum, then Cops Coliseum. And I see Ted like 300 yards ahead of me. But he's got a pacer. He's got Paul Schnur, the Olympic 5,000-meter yeah. runner, pacing him. So I start sprinting. Well, Ted's wearing this spandex that is not <laughs> what Ted should be wearing, quite frankly. But anyway, I just about make myself puke to catch him because there's no way I'm going to let him beat me. And as I run by him, already ready to have a heart attack. I was so close to smacking his butt as we went by. I didn't do it. But here's the thing. Later, I hadn't realized he'd been being paced by Paula Schnur. And yeah. I look at her score, her time, on the scoring afterwards, and I'm like, I beat an Olympic 5,000-meter runner. I must be way better than I think I am. And I saw her years later, not years, month later. And I said, Paula, um, were you injured? <laughs> she goes, no, I was pacing Ted. I've had more people tell me how slow I am. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man, but
10: you did beat him? I did beat him. There was no chance, Ted. Now, he didn't see me coming. I mean, he might have picked up his... Yeah. To a mid-stride gallop i don't know but i i there was no way he was beating me i would have never heard the end of it
0: oh man another great memory of ted michaels scott radley's been with us scott radley show coming up next right after the news and you can read him in your hamilton spectator scott as always thanks for the time have a great show tonight no problem Thank you to Ted and Diana and Will for the show today and thank you for listening. Uh, For the last word, if you don't mind, I'd like to step up on top of the CHML soapbox and just like to say uh, for my friend Ted that uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. You have been an absolute mentor and professional to all of us and we will never forget your laugh, your mood, your quirkiness and the fact that you are the DJ of the newsroom. So Ted, to you, All the best in your semi-retirement, and don't stop being Ted.